Hello, Ukraine Media family. Vladimir Proknevsky here, and welcome to episode number six of the Ukraine Media podcast, where I serve our Ukraine Media family with interviews from highly creative people every Tuesday and Thursday. Today's guest is David Kerman. David began his career in 1997 as a print designer. His passion for design evolved beyond the world of print. David learned animation techniques using After Effects and Basic 3D. He has a very impressive resume. David was a lead designer and animator at Blind. He also served as an art director at Fuel. Clients included Mazda, FX Network, Mattel, and Showtime. David also served as a freelance art director at Picture Mill, where he led a team to win multiple high-profile pitches for film and television contracts. Picture Mill successfully won projects that included Freaks of Nature, Straight Out of Compton, Mutant Ninja Turtles, Empire, and Evan Root Outboard Motors. Right now, David is a freelance art director in California and continues to work with very impressive clients like King & Country, Motion, Imaginary Forces, Aspect, Royale, and many others. David, welcome to the show. Feel free to fill in the gaps from the intro and tell us a little about your personal life. <laughs> Man, I am just a, I'm a motion designer in LA. I have some personal clients now. I do a lot of work for, you know, just those companies. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just kind of making my way through life here. I'm just trying to have fun and do some cool stuff. Let's go ahead and dive from the very beginning. How did you get into design or motion graphics and all that stuff? Just walk me through that. So I started, um, I was a fine arts major at UC Santa Barbara, which is like the worst possible school to go to for art. Like I could talk my way in. I love go gauchos. I'm a, <laughs> but you know what? It was a really bad art school. And so just turns out that some of my friends were going to CSUN and they were graphic design majors. And I started kind of hanging out with them. And I always wanted to be like a comic book artist. So I had another site. It's an illustration site, just only illustration. But, um, and when I was hanging around them, I realized, you know, maybe this is the right path to go down. And so one of my friends got a job at this place called Buzz Design Group. And I ended up working there. It was like one of my first real design jobs. And I learned like typography and layout and like all the really crucial things that you need to know to be a decent graphic designer. But when I was there, I started, I mean, I'm really dating myself, but when I was there, I started doing, uh, there was like, there's no real good 3D software. And so for these jobs, I started working with this, this program called Infinity, which is like old school, right? <laughs> and, and it was like stupid because why am I doing like this 3D stuff on these jobs that like these print jobs, like, you know, if we didn't have like a spoon to, to you know, for photography, I would like to, I would like model a spoon and light it and render it. And so when I realized I'm like, why I'm having more fun doing that. Than the actual print work so i ended up taking a you want me to go through this whole thing yeah please do <laughs> so, I ended up, so i my uh my sister actually worked at um deutsch advertising and they did work with blind and so blind had a, like a giant mitsubishi account or actually deutsch had the account blind did all the title work for them and so I took a year off and i and i freelanced i kept doing print work and but on the side i was um, I was teaching myself After Effects and I talked to my sister. I said, hey, can you get me some footage so I can like make some fake uh, commercials? She was pretty high up in the company and she got me in with some people over there that actually handed me like gigabytes worth of footage that they shot for like I think a Guinness commercial. I can't 
can't remember the other two things, but I ended up cutting out all of their graphics, re-editing the entire thing, and making my own really short commercials. Because I and and, and while I'm doing this, I'm learning how to do I'm learning how to do everything now. Back then, all the tutorials and stuff that you see online now, they were not there. Oh, I believe it. Right. So I was learning by myself. I like, bought a couple books and I'm teaching myself how to edit audio, like, you know, edit down audio, like songs to, to make it work, work with like a 30 second commercial. I'm working with how to do type stuff and, and after effects. I'm, going to to, I'm doing the whole thing. And um, I ended up, I had some really good connections. I ended up hooking up with a producer that worked over at Deutsch and she kept on looking at my stuff and I'd be like, is it good enough? Is it good enough? And she'd be like, you know what, go back and fix this or go back and work on that. And, and um, so after like a year of doing this, I got an interview with the head of Deutsche Advertising. And and he looked at my stuff and he get, picks up the phone. He goes, you want a job now? Wow. And, I, and I said, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this. And he said, well, I'll call Chris Doe right now over at Blind and, and I'll get you in. And I said, I, I don't know. And he <laughs> And so I said, let me just do a couple more little things. And so I fixed it up just a little bit more and I just kind of had to get some, get some guts. And I said, okay, let's do it. And back then I was ready to just clean toilets. It didn't even matter. I didn't care about, I didn't think I was going to go to a company and start, um, you know, going into the design or the animation or whatever. I thought I was going to be going in there and doing like just grunt work, you know, and called up Chris and I ended up interviewing with Chris and Chris like you did this whole thing and I'm like yeah and back then I don't know if you know much about blind but um, Chris taught me everything okay and he's a super super nice guy back then it was just me I was like the intern and it was like two other people that was it and so he ends up putting me in there and from there, I just started working on real stuff. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And he was kind of just teaching me along the way. And that kind of like, that started everything. So I was there for four years. No, I'm curious because you've been in the industry for such a long time. How, <laughs> I know it's changed a lot. I mean, everybody knows that. But yeah. how is it different now than it was back then? Is it harder? Is it easier? I think it's harder because you need to know a lot. Now you need to know a lot. I think back then I was, you know, you could get a job. Do you know After Effects and Photoshop and Illustrator? You're hiring, right? But now it's more like, um, you know, if somebody brings you in and they like they can bring you in as like a 3D generalist or a designer or animator or whatever. You kind of you need to know everything because now it's it's not just like um, come on in and animate some titles. It's more like, do you know how to projection map? Can you do you know how to um, track footage? Do you know how to do like photo real stuff? Do you know Arnold? Do you know I mean, there's so many different things. So a lot of the, I mean, I, I like to do a lot of different things, but for the guys, for the kid, I think the kids that are coming out of school, I think that they know everything, especially with all the tutorials online and stuff. And you should know everything. The people that are kind of complacent and they're not continuing to learn, I think that that's a major problem. And I think they're going to get left on. And I, and I run into those people all the time. I just like to learn new stuff. But I think you need to know a lot more these days than, than, you know, whatever, 10 years ago. What advice would you give to someone just uh, trying to get in the, the industry right now? You know, I got to tell you, I was a really crappy student in high school and in college. I, I think back then, like, if I wasn't interested in it, I didn't, 
you know, like, like history and stuff. I mean, I just, I was terrible. So now I really love to learn. I've learned a lot about myself in the past, like, you know, in this industry and just like making those three commercials, I look back and I go, what made me do that? What really inspired me to get off my butt and really focus? And, you know, during just, just on a side note, during those days, that was like the, it was like 2000 or something like that, 2002, whatever. The stock market was out of control and there's money everywhere. I mean, it was crazy. Okay. And my, my point is that I could have just been surfing all day, you know, and something in, in me said, you know what, stop screwing around. If, you, if this is what you want, get off your butt and like really focus and do it. And thinking about those commercials that I made, I mean, they may not be anything now, but that got me through the door. If I walked into Chris's office without anything or, or some of my old print work, whatever, he would have said, what are you doing here? You know what I mean? Mm. And so you come in with something where it was all, you know, I, he, he recognized, I think he told me this once. He goes, you know, the fact that you did this, like that you're so self-motivated, that's enough for me. Because even if you're a shitty designer or a shitty animator or whatever, like, when somebody shows you how hard they how hard they want it and how hard they're willing to work, I think that goes a long way. So you know you can you'll learn the tools and, and I mean you, you need talent too, but but I think that and that goes along with for me too. Like when I see like younger people like coming into this industry, when I see how hard they're working and they're not complaining and they're do and they're just like going balls to wall trying to like do the best that they can and produce the best thing and their hearts in it. Like that goes so far. And I think however you can show how hard you're willing to work for it, I think that's, that's it. Cause you know, there's a lot of like millennials out there that think they're just going right. to be giving things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What about schooling? Is it something that people look at closely or is it something that it's not valued as much as it used to? When you were an art director, is it something that you look closely or is it something you're willing to overlook if the work is amazing? It's, it's debatable, right? I mean, like some of the best people I know out there, like they never went to college. They, they, they're like self-taught and they're, um, I mean, I went to a lot of, I, not only, I, I went to art center for a little bit for some night courses. And I mean, I needed to learn the fundamentals of graphic design and, and animation and stuff like that. Just some stuff that you cannot, I don't think you can learn just by, you know, sitting at home. I mean, it, it's, you need, you need to have discipline, right? I think school's great. I'm not sure if you need it anymore. Like the way, the way it's stru structured for, for our industry, I'm not sure how effective it is anymore. Like look at school emotion and, or even your website, you know, like I look at that stuff and they're just so helpful, you know, and you do it when, when you want to do it. And if there's a problem that you can't solve, you can find it on the internet. Right. So I don't know. I, I'm not sure if it's necessary anymore. All the resources are out there though. What are some bad habits you're seeing in the industry from the young kids, millennials? Well, I recently worked at a company and one of my friends was the, he, he was basically a CD there. And so you have two monitors, right? So you're, you're animating in one monitor and then the other monitor, you have like some YouTube, you know, shows going or whatever it is. Right. And it's not YouTube for like, you know, learning something productive. It's just, you can just screw around like watching somebody play a video game. And so this guy always got in trouble for this. Honestly, some students really don't care. As long as you get your stuff done right, like they don't care. But when I see that, I'm just like, you know, when that, I, I would think when I was that kid's age, well, first of all, that stuff didn't really exist. But when, that, when I was that kid's age, I wasn't, I would never do that. Because it's kind of, it, not only is it disrespectful, but, 
you know, focus your energy, like focus. And I think kids have, a, the younger guys have a hard time focusing at the job at hand. You know, this may be a really fun industry, but I'm, I'm a kind of a pro, old school where, you know, it's like, that's kind of disrespectful. Just you're there to do a job and like, you know, do it. Speaking of focus, what are some, I guess, tips that you can give to someone when it comes down to focus? And especially in this day and age, it's so easy, this whole shiny object syndrome, man. It's so easy to get pulled away from what you're working on. Even like a little text message, a little email, before you know it, you're off track and it takes you 15 minutes to get back into it. Uh, is there anything that you use? Do you turn off your phone during the working hours? Do you put on airplane mode? What do you do? That's a good question. Well, I don't know how you are, but when I have a job that's like... Um, like the like the Super Bowl stuff that I'm working on, like I mean, these are like tight deadlines, so I don't really have time to screw around. We had some like really long renders, and then I'll go and peek at my, I'll bring my iPad in, and I'll kind of doodle while the render's going or whatever it is. I don't know. I've never had a problem like uh, focusing. If, if there's a job, there's a deadline, we need to get this thing done. I I, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with that. It's when I'm at home and I'm doing maybe a personal project, I'll get kind of like frustrated or I need to walk away for a little bit. Maybe, maybe that's it. But like I did a personal project I'm working on now and it's just sitting there for the last like probably two months. And so there, that's the problem. Like my stuff, I, I kind of lose focus because I have such a high bar for that. Um, it's easy to walk away, easy to come up with some sort of like excuse not to work on it because I'm just kind of afraid to face it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You told me that you constantly learn new things. You're always keeping your finger on the pole, so to speak. How do you unplug? When you come home, you have two boys. What I have two boys as well. I have a four-year-old oh, and a two-year-old. Yeah. You're in it right now. Huh? Yeah. It's so hard, <laughs> man. I come home and I try to unplug. It's so hard because we're creators. We always want to create, especially in this day and age with internet, with cell phones. Everything's beeping. Everything's buzzing. What do you do? I, I read comic books. You know, here's the problem. I was telling my wife this. So we go to work and we're in front of a screen, right? Then we, then we come home to unplug and like, oh, well, well actually, wait, while you're working, you're either, you know, you'll like be checking your phone or iPad, you're on the screen, you're, you go to lunch, you're checking your phone for emails, you're, all, you're always looking at a screen and you come home and you're like, I'm going to unplug. So then you turn on the TV, it's another screen. So it's like all these, you're never not in front of a screen, right? So um, that is really hard. I'll tell you the one thing, I, I, I've been surfing like all my life. It is almost a strange concept now to put my phone and everything in the car and just walk to the walk to the ocean, just holding a surfboard and completely being disconnected. And like, or if I mountain bike, whatever, that is like the, I feel like that's the only way I can get away from the screens, and it's like forced. You know, it's if I, if, it's like it's it's a great it's a great thing. Uh, you know, when my kids playing basketball, or nobody's, you know, everybody's got their phones down and they're all watching and stuff. I mean, it is hard. It is really hard to disconnect. Um, but, and even my comics are all digital now. So it's tough. Um, but as far as just like getting away from work, this sounds really weird, but like my favorite projects on my, on my website are the ones that I did for myself. And I could, I could pro this sounds really kind of bad, but I could work all day long, right? I could do like, you know, like 12, 14 hour day and come home and work on my stuff. That's disconnecting. Hmm. If that makes any sense. No, I totally uh, see what you're saying. I do the same. Because I don't have to listen to clients. I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't get some feedback from, you know, art director or whatever. It's just, this is my stuff. 
and and I'm in charge or or drawing. Like I'll go on my iPad and draw, but um, like that that's my way of disconnecting. It's kind of actually it's kind of weird drawing for myself because you know there's so much freedom and I don't know how to explain it. But but those are yeah those are my way of disconnecting. Man, it's so hard to explain to my wife because she sees me on the computer like on my personal time. Usually once a week I have my personal time where it's like I come home from work and it's just, I guess, this time for just me where there's no guilt whatsoever. I can just do whatever I want on that day. And she sees me working on, on the computer and she's like, oh, my gosh, like, why are you always working? It's like, I, it's not work to me. I enjoy it. It's, that's how right. I, I relax. Now, you've been in the industry for a long time and you work with some amazing clients. Share one painful personal experience within the industry. The, oh my God! This is the one. Take me kind through of, it. The, 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 I want to relive it with you. Um, oh, I, I've got one. It's more of a graphic design thing, and it's not motion graphics. I, I got hired to do a corporate identity for a company, and um, but you know, like a lot of clients need to be guided through a process, and I and I'm a really straightforward person, and I try, and especially when I take on a. a, a like one of my clients, you know, I am really straightforward. And before I agree to work with them, I, you know, I explain here's, here's how it's going to work and here's the process. And I don't know if you ever worked on a corporate identity, if, you know, like logos could take oh yeah forever months, you know, some of it is uh, you're trying to understand what, what the client wants. It's kind of like a progression and an evolution to get to that point. Um, sometimes the client doesn't know what they want and you're trying to figure it out with them, right? So I took on this one job and I was straightforward. I said, Hey, look, you're going to book me for a couple of weeks. We may not get there. You know, I'll be producing a ton of work for you, but we may not get to the end result. And he said, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. You know, but at the end of the first week, we'll, we'll have something, right? I go, yeah, we'll, we'll have something, but I'm not sure how far along the process will be. You know, I, I want you, I want you to be hundred percent satisfied, but most likely, we're not going to nail it on the first try. This could be a week. This We could get lucky. This could be a couple weeks. This could be months. But I can't guarantee that we're going to have something in like two weeks. And so I ended up working with him for three days. And I came in like a day early and I gave him a presentation. Uh, and I showed him like, you know, like six different options. And usually on the first, for me, the way I work, the first round of logos you know, it's kind of like, I don't expect to nail it, but I expect to get in a ballpark so we can start narrowing things down and um, combining maybe a couple logos or say, I don't like this or I don't like that. And kind of like somehow getting narrowing, kind of solidifying or gelling to a direction, right? Of, what, of where, you know, this might go. So before I get an email back, so I send, I send them the, the, the PDF and I get a call saying, um, we hate, we hate everything. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, but you're not going to even let me, you know, talk you through the presentation. And, and they're like, no, 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 we don't, we see it and we don't like anything. You said we were going to be done in a week. And I'm like, well, we're not even at a week yet. And, and I, I got I was furious because I felt like I was never given a fair shake. And, and, and you know what? And it's not like I screwed around. Like I was really trying to give this guy like something good. And so it was a complete meltdown on their side and my side. And it was just like, I'm like, I'm out. And I just had to cut it short because it was, you know, I tried email after email after email. I tried to tell him before we even spoke, before we even started the job, I said, 
this is how these things work. This is, and this is my process and this is what we're going to do. But it obviously didn't get through. And when something like that happens, and, and I should have saw the, the red flags from the very beginning, I should have just said, I'm not taking this job. But instead I did, and it just got, it just, it was a really bad situation because that's never happened to me in my entire career. What do you do now today to prevent that from happening again? Well, that was a huge lesson learned. And I think one of the things, um, like I said, when you, when you get like, like I've been freelancing for a really long time. And, and I, like I said, I have my own personal clients and, and then I go to companies and I work for them. But um, there's, I think when you get that inkling of there's just something not right, or you feel like it just doesn't, or something, just something in your gut doesn't, it's just something doesn't feel good, don't do it. Because sometimes, just like my situation, you can explain all day long, like how you're going to work and, and you may think you're on the same page and, um, and you're not going to be. Um, and yeah, I, I just think I'm going to listen to my gut more. And also, you know, um, I think, who was I talking about this with? Maybe it was on, um, oh, I can't remember, but you know, there, I have, I actually have some legal documents and I just trust people so much and I don't use them. And so now it's sort of going to be time when I have to use them. But, but in general, I, you know, I've trusted my gut my entire career and, and it's been, I mean, it's all worked out and it's been great, but then something like this happens and it kind of makes you, it's kind of like a reset. You know what I mean? So that is, that was absolutely the worst. Nothing ever even came close to that. So it was a real shock to me when that, when that went down. How do you, can someone just now getting in the industry, how can they be confident in their work? Cause I feel like even me, for example, I've been around for, for not as long as you, but I've been around for a long time. <laughs> Nobody <has. laughs> yeah. And I still feel like confidence is still a big problem. Is it something that you just fake it until it goes away? You just kind of know 50% just go roll with the rest. Cause a lot of times I feel like I'm a fake. I'm a fraud. I go through that so many times. Is this something you still go through or would you say still you still go through that? Absolutely still go through it. And you know what? I was telling my kid this, I go, cause my kid comes up and he goes, Oh my God, dad, like you're, you're the best at drawing. You're the best. And I go, there's always somebody better. There's always somebody better. And, and I don't see I'm like the best illustrator at all, but it's so funny. There's companies that I've been to like many times and I'll, and the night before I go back, like to start a new gig, to start a new contract with them, I'll always be nervous. And like, what if they put me on something that I don't know? What if they have me do some sort of, I don't know, just something I'm not comfortable with or I'm all, especially the industry, like we, like we started talking about, the industry has changed so much. You kind of have to be a jack of all trades, right? Like I remember I walked into King and Country and I worked on this projection map piece that they did. I mean, this is years ago when it was kind of a newer thing. And, and I looked over at my friend and um, I was like, holy crap, that's awesome. And, and I'm like, I'm like, how'd you do it? right <laughs> <laughs> now. And, um, but you know what? It's, it's, uh, I, yeah, I still get nervous. I have like, I totally am not confident with a lot of things. There are, you know, like, I don't know Houdini. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of software. I don't know Nuke. There's a lot of stuff I don't know. I know there's stuff that I'm really good at and stuff I'm just okay at. But, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, that never went away. 
and I don't, I don't think it'll ever go away, you know? So I think a little bit of, of that is healthy. I think if you're too confident, like I remember times where I do a little bit of public speaking for uh, an organization, Operation Christmas Child. I received a shoebox when I lived in Ukraine and I get nervous every time. Like I, I got nervous before I got on to talk to you. <laughs> I'm just, oh, I'm nervous uh, now. <laughs> um, yeah, like I've never done this before to be honest. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, you're probably right. It probably is a, a good thing. And I'm a humble person and I don't think I've met a lot of people in our industry that are pretty like, egomaniacs only a few i've heard horror stories of people walking in and just like they they get on like a you know a contract with a company and they um they don't know what they're doing or they're putting on something that they don't know but they start kind of um procrastinating and then they get fired from the job i've heard that like a couple times you know the one thing that uh, i've been like oh you know what here this is a great example i just got I'm still working on the, the Super Bowl stuff, and NFL gave us this really crappy OBJ uh, file, right? And I'm not a modeler. Like, I can get around. Like, if I'm starting a model from scratch, I can do it. But if I'm given a model that's got a whole bunch of, like, problems, like polygon problems and all that, I can't be 100% sure that I know how to fix it. And I don't want to go down the road with animating the entire thing where – Later on, I'm seeing all these, you know, fragments and stuff showing up in renders and then having to redo everything. So I was totally straightforward. And I told, um, I told the CD, I go, look, I think I fixed the logo. I think I fixed this. I think I, you know, flipped normals and did all these things, but, but I can't be a hundred percent certain. And that is, I think always been my, you know, my motto. It's like, you know, if you don't know something, don't try to fake it. Um, just be honest. And I think people respect you. The companies respect you for it. Is there a such thing as being too honest? Yeah, you don't want to go down a running list of all the things you don't know. <laughs> or you could be like that office space. Was that office space where the guy's like, Bob's, I don't know if you've seen the movie. He's like, Bob's, here's how it is. Like, I come in here. I don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was an old company called Exopolis that I worked for. Do you remember Exopolis? So all these really great people came out of Exopolis. The guys from that run Royale. They came out of there and all that. And I was a freelancer there, and I walked in that place, and I'm like, these guys are amazing. Like, I, I can't hold a candle to, to these guys, you know? And next thing I know, they're offering me a staff job. So, you know, I think I think a lot of it is in our heads, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You got to be confident. But I think, you know, if the job is in jeopardy because of something that you may not get right or don't know or whatever, I think that's the time to kind of speak up. I agree. Yeah. I, I've done that just recently where they thought that I knew more than I did. And I was like, look, I'm more confident here. And they kind of got the hint that, okay, maybe you don't want to do this. But you know what? I always think that it's good to be around people that are so much better than you because especially you in, in Los Angeles, there's so many talented people. If you're around them, you, it's kind of like if America is prospering, we're all going to prosper. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. the same kind of mentality. If you're around people that you're better than everybody, then you're not going to grow. It's good to be yeah. on your toes and it's good to, because just to get on the field with those guys, you got to step it up a notch, you know? I don't think it hurts to say, hey, how'd you do that? You know what I mean? Um, there's been many times where I've done that. And there's going to be some guys who are like, look, I can't, I can't really deal with you right now. I've got, I've got to get this deadline. I've got, I got to get this thing done. But there's times where they're like, oh, oh, it's easy. You know, let me just show you. And you know what? I think that's great about our industry. And like, you know, you share and you learn and there's always going to be somebody better than you. And they'll do the same for you, right? So, um, yeah. And, there, and there's been times, um, like, I've always, I've always liked to help people. Because, like, look, like, Christo, like, that guy went out on a limb to hire me. I'll, I'll never forget that. So, 
if I can give back to, like, I, I love it. It's very encouraging to hear that you also went through this confidence thing because I want people to know that everyone goes through it. Sergey, for example, my, my twin brother who co-founded Ucremedia, we were going through your uh, resume and he's like, wow, this guy is legit, looked at your work. And so it's very <laughs> encouraging to hear that David over here is still dealing with this stuff. It just shows that you're human. I feel like everybody has that. I mean, like artists are kind of weird, right? So like, I think we all have our, our little issues. I mean, I think I think a lot of people deal with that. I don't think we, I don't think any of us talk about it, but I think it's there. And especially you know the unknown, right? Like every job has like a different problem to solve, and sometimes you don't, you got to figure it out, and it's and it's scary. And um, but that's where that's where usually the best stuff comes from, right? I agree. And I think if you, as long as you live outside of your comfort zone, that's where magic happens. I mean, yeah. even for me, like English is my fourth language and just doing this interview, but I know this is so good for me. This is great. That's amazing. Yeah. Step out. I, I and one language. Yeah. I live in Mexico. I lived in Tennessee, so I, I know a little bit of country. <laughs> so I guess there's five languages, but, but anyway, but that's the point is that if you're not living outside your comfort zone, if you're not feeling those butterflies in your stomach, you should reevaluate your life and you should really rethink what you're doing. And maybe you should step out and take on something that will challenge you a little more. And perhaps you'll learn a skill or two. So that's yeah. very encouraging to hear from you. Now, David, what are you the most excited about today? I'm, I have a week off after next week. So I'm excited that I get to like take some time out and just chill and do my own thing for a little bit. Oh, you know what I'm excited about? I have a new uh, iMac Pro coming with 18 nice. cores. I'd be excited so, about that too. <laughs> Are you getting one of those? Uh, not yet. Not in the budget yet, but I'll be working. <laughs> See, I'm excited because my computer is like, I have like an iMac that's like all maxed out, but it's still not enough to do anything really good. So um, I'm excited to learn Arnold and like get some new stuff on my, on my website that I'm like thrilled about. I have a work computer and it's not the best, man. So I'm, I have to work with that. And I, I have like a personal MacBook Air and it's not anything impressive. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can't get it. Yeah. No, yeah. You, can't, you can't get much done. Well, Dave, one last question. How can someone get in touch with you? Oh, sure. My email is uh, dk at davidkerman.tv. All my information is on my website. Just go to bio or info and you can check out my resume. My There's like samples downloaded, I think. Um, you can go to my illustration site from there. But yeah, dk at davidkerman.tv. All right, David. Hey, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I took you a little over. I told you it was going to be like half an hour, but I went over. But thank you sure. so much. I appreciate Take it, that. man. Stay hey, thanks. Keep up the good work on the website. I, I liked all the stuff. Will do. Thanks, Dave. All right, thanks. All right, Media family. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with David Kerman. Make sure to check out David's work at davidkerman.tv. All the links and resources mentioned in this episode are available on our website at ukromedia.com slash six. If you would like to be a guest on our show, you can apply at ukromedia.com slash apply. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Ukromedia Podcast. Bye-bye.